0: Hello and welcome back to Commodity Conversations by the team at Mercado, the podcast where we aim to keep you up to date with the latest trends, drivers and moves in livestock, grain and oilseed and fibre markets. My name is Olivia Agar, thanks for listening into episode 219. Agriculture's all about production and people. Today we're going to talk about the people. It's a common pain point that's seemingly more acute now, and the difficulty in filling vacancies in agriculture is one of the most common problems managers and owners are talking about. A report produced by the Australian Farm Institute titled The Employer of Choice or A Sector Without Workforce found the number of students graduating from agricultural courses at university was well short of what's required to address labour shortages in the sector. So to explore this subject, we're joined by Rose Ferdinands and Dr. Mike Stevens from Meridian Agriculture. Now we have a first on today's episode with two guests joining us. And Mike reminded us that last time he joined us on Commodity Conversations was actually another first where we turned the tables and Mike interviewed Rob. So there you go. And we'll get straight into it today. Enjoy the episode with Robert Herman, Rose Ferdinands and Mike Stevens.
1: Thanks, Liv. Yes, this is a subject that um, we hear a lot about and a lot of people in the industry talking about it. So to try and explore and tease out this subject today, we're joined by the Meridian Ag Recruitment Consultant, Rose Ferdinands, and also an old mate, Dr. Mike Stevens, who's the founder, board director and a senior business consultant with Meridian Ag- Agriculture. Welcome to Conversations.
2: Thank you, Rob.
3: Thanks, Rob.
1: So, Mike, let's start with you. I I had a look on your website and it's 1983 when Meridian Agriculture began helping businesses working in agriculture recruit and manage the right people. Is the problem worse now than when you started?
2: Yes, it's much more difficult to find good staff. Uh, Surprise, surprise, there's been an exit of a lot of uh, small farm businesses Uh, bigger farm businesses need to employ more people we've had good good commodity prices good seasons in a lot of southeastern Australia where we work um, low interest rates so expand, expand the business, bigger business need more people Um, same pool of people we're recruiting from or a smaller pool so yes it's got much harder for employers to replace staff
1: Rose, um, just to you now, you're at the cutting edge of all of this, and I noticed that um, it's been reported that there are six jobs to every agricultural university graduate in Australia. So how can an agricultural business, and, and maybe talk about a farm here, how can it attract the right people, and what steps should they take to try and become an employer of choice?
3: So, if I'm a recently qualified ag graduate, I and looking at those six opportunities, I would be looking for someone who's going to offer me that real next stepping stone in my career. Um, Maybe a a high-level traineeship, um, a, a management traineeship role. I'm also looking for flexibility. Like everyone else in employment at the moment, flexibility is the number one word on everyone's lips. And um, how can we translate that to agriculture is a little bit more difficult than your, than your regular corporate job. But I think we can still do things like um, having a, a great time and lose scheme. Um, we do so many hours on farms and they should be rewarded. I, I would like to know that I can have that um, as an offer up front as well. Another really big draw card is housing we're not only in a candidate short market, but we're in a housing short market as well. So uh, having a having an opportunity with a secure home um, and having those basic needs met is really important for people right now. They, they would be the things that I would be looking for. And that's, they are the things that people are looking for as they come through. I've seen really great candidates um, withdraw from from positions or, or applications because they are lacking flexibility, housing. Um, and it's really not even about pay at the moment. It really is just about that lifestyle and that security.
1: I think that's that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about the flexibility one, Rose, but uh, agriculture has the ability to provide flexibility. Um, but th- this recruitment, Issue isn't just a problem for agriculture. I mean, we're competing against a whole range of industries, Rose, and they're all struggling for staff at the moment. Do you think enough is being done to promote the opportunities in agriculture and sort of putting forward the positives that will attract people from outside the industry? I know Meridian Ag. I mean, you're doing this all the time, I guess, in your um, you know in your work. But do you think it's it's something that we can improve on, or, or in some way?
3: I think we can definitely be more open-minded and widen that funnel. And that's something that is um, really the the flavour for this year is um, who is out there that wants to join this industry and are we willing to take a chance on them? I see a lot of resumes every single day and the majority of the resumes that I see, um, people are really light on skills. They may have, um, They might be completely new to ag, they might be in their study at TAFE, and there's a lot of free TAFE courses in agriculture at the moment, so there's a lot of people studying. Are you willing, or are we willing uh, as businesses to to take on someone who who might be in that entry-level position? Um, Because there's certainly no no shortage of applicants, um, and a lot of people really keen and just don't know how to enter this industry um, so i think it just comes down to what we are willing to do for people to get them on board
1: it seems like a a real step change though because my early recollections of working in agriculture was um, you know just get on with it and and there wasn't much training and there wasn't much patience or tolerance from people who were who were training you and admittedly some of those were our parents i guess so what you're suggesting is is it, it will take a bit of a rethink. And that training component that the employers have to provide will become a big part of it.
3: A huge part. And also ongoing training. I have spoken to a couple of candidates this week who, uh, when I ask, why are you leaving? You know, they're already working in ag. Why are you leaving this farm? Well, they say, I'm bored or I'm not, uh, you know, I just don't see myself getting any new skills here and um if someone else is willing to to provide those skills for me um and i you know can i do a little bit more that's why people people are motivated to to grow their career and to grow their skill set
1: so i'm talking today on commodity conversations to rose fernandez and mike stevens mike i'd just like to cross over to you and you've in your role of um, you know advisory and consulting you must come across a lot of employers and it seems um, that a lot of these people as they come through probably haven't got the sort of thinking that Rose has just outlined and uh, so how would you advise someone wanting to get a good job in ag you know what should they prepare for their for their job interviews if they're looking for somebody? Well the
2: first thing they've got to Uh, remember is that an employer employs people so that they can get the job done um, either from an animal welfare point of view or for to get the crop in or because they're trying to make some money so the the employee needs to think about it from the employer's point of view a little bit what is it what is it that's going to make me stand out as a candidate and then there are some things to to uh, think about, uh, I mean, the first is that uh, some some people, particularly uh, younger blokes, uh, might arrive in the V8 U throwing gravel up the up the drive as they you know fishtail around a couple of corners. The interview process starts with the first phone call, with the first time you drive up the drive with the way you get out of the vehicle and walk up to somebody and meet them in the eye. You are being assessed from the moment you put yourself forward. And a lot of people sort of think that there's a whole lot of stuff and then there's an interview. You are being assessed by the employer from the moment they've started to identify you. You are being assessed on your past performance wherever it was, because this is a very small industry and and people Get a reputation, be it good or bad, very very quickly. So, you know, there's that your past stays with you. So you, you want to make sure you've got a you've got a good past. And then when you're engaging with the uh, prospective employer, to show real interest, to ask intelligent questions, to maybe ask to have a drive around, and while you are driving around, make interesting observations about, gee, those winners look healthy, um, just to, to really try and engage and put yourself forward as being somebody who's likely to be worth employing.
1: Rose, Mike mentioned then about the young guys driving up the road in the uh, in the Ford Utes and fishtailing. One of the things that's happened with a rush i think and i'm interested in your thoughts on this because you're you're new to this role and new to agriculture to some degree is the amount of young women that are now getting a chance and performing fantastically well have you how have you seen that in the negotiations you have with employers looking for staff is that something that everybody's on side with or is it still something that we're learning
3: it's really interesting actually because i i have a candidate at the moment and i'm speaking to probably more women than i am men at applicants and i i always ask um my candidates what some challenges they've had at current roles and and what do they expect their challenges would be in you know in this role and and for women especially, it is lack of opportunity. Um, so I had one candidate recently who was looking for a new job because she simply wasn't getting given the same basic tasks as her team. Um, and I was probably naively surprised about that. Um, but it's it's definitely it's definitely still happening, unfortunately. No shortage of, of female applicants, really, really driven, um, and just looking for the for that opportunity. To get their hands dirty, definitely.
2: There's been a a noticeable difference in the in the time when that that we've been operating. Where if we put up a female candidate uh, twenty five years ago, people would say, "Oh no, they can't do this because because she's a girl. You know, she won't be able to do it because she's a girl." I I think I think that uh, that overt attitude has gone. There's still a um. There, there's still a a, a a preference from old blokes are in charge, generally speaking, to to sort of think a bit like that, but a lot less. You know, we've got we've got a lot of um women farm managers now. We, you know, I'm I'm proud I I employed the first all female wool staff shearing team back in, I don't know, a while ago. Um, so I think I think it's changing. Now, Rose, it might be changing quick enough for some of your candidates, <laughs> but it's uh, but but it but it is actually um, changing, it's much more enlightened.
1: Uh, it seems and and probably ties in with what you've just said though, it seems now that we've got more young men women heading back to the family farm and and that's that's terrific as you've just outlined and now there's no doubt that the daughters are as well accepted back into those roles as the sons always were what would you advise them to do though to help them integrate into that family dynamic and come back in and to also set up the climate to start that succession discussion because as rose just said one of the things that people young people need is they need to be challenged they need to have opportunities to advance how can that be how, what can they do when they come back to the family farm to try and set that in in, in motion?
2: Well, I would, I, with respect, Rob, I'd say that's the wrong question. I'd say they shouldn't be coming back unless they've already had it set in motion before they come back. So I, I, I would, I would uh, uh, be really nervous about somebody coming back to the family farm and then saying, we'll sort out what the future is. Mm. So turn it around the other way Let's let's sort out what the future can be. So the the first question that I ask then in a in a succession situation is: Okay, you've got uh, you've got uh, four children in the in the family. You've got two girls and two boys. How many farmers are there? How many farmers are there in the next generation? And 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 often the answer is: Well, one. Well, are you sure of that? Are are you sure that there that there's not another farmer lurking there somewhere? Mm. Let's find out. Now it's much more convenient for them if there is only one, but more than more often than not, there there is another farmer in waiting. So let's let's uh, tease that out and see what it means, so that nobody's expecting to get all of the farm when in fact that may not be the case for the person who's, who's going back in this case, and I try and think of these things in non-gender specific terms, the ne- the, 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 the next generation, be it he or she, the, the, the non-farmers, be they he or she. Um, how do we, uh, how do we uh, make sure that everybody has got an opportunity that they're not stereotyped according to gender?
1: Well, that probably also leads on a little bit in another area where I know you're passionate about, Mike, and that is in that area of leadership because um, probably the best person to lead in this space, and uh, again, be, be feel free to correct me if I'm wrong again, Mike. I'm, I'm, I can take all the correction from you I get. Um, the person who's in the best spot to lead um, would be mum and dad who are already on the farm what sort of things do they need to be thinking about in terms of that leadership to create the environment that Rose has outlined uh, that young people are looking for, whether it be a manager coming onto the property or whether it be siblings coming home?
2: Well, the, the, the first answer to that is in, in the study that I did um, that led to my PhD, um, we found that... Of the farms that we studied, and there were, we looked at 6,000 businesses and studied 116 in detail. One of those, of the ones in there where the farm will continue beyond the third generation, 100% of them, 100% gave a high level of authority and autonomy, management authority and autonomy to the younger generation at a young age. And a young age was typically 35. So, number one, be prepared to start handing over responsibility. The other thing, though, from a from a leadership point of view, is for everybody, including including the leaders, the older generation, be look, to be looking at how they can improve their performance as managers, how they can perform improve their performance in the way they deal with people, to, to seek to have around them people who are pre- mentors, who are prepared to challenge them, uh, doesn't matter how old they are, who are prepared to challenge them and and uh, suggest that there might be better ways of doing things, to not, not um, have the attitude of, uh, well, it's my way that we do it, my way or the highway. You know, in the generational difference we're talking about, um, there is no right or wrong between those generations. They're different. And if the older generation can think in terms of, I did it my way, you want to do it your way, let's work out our way, which is jointly them working out how they'll go about doing things, they're much more likely to be productive. If the older generation says you're going to do it my way, they'll end up being punched on the nose—not literally, but metaphorically.
1: So, Rose, uh, I'm genuinely excited to hear that you come recently to agriculture, if you like, from an agricultural background. Um, what's your thoughts on on these musings about succession and all that? Is it something that you see in other industries, or is it, uh, or do you think we're special?
3: Special, definitely special. <laughs> um, there's, um, as I as I mentioned earlier, um, I've come from a, a healthcare background, which is all uh, red tape and rules. Um, and in agriculture, the rule book's been thrown out. So um, we've got the opportunity to, to be really creative about what we do, how we attract people, how we retain people. Um, it's as unique as your business really what that that answer is Yeah people are re- are looking for that mentorship going back to to the uh, graduate question um, having you know having um, that's that real stepping stone that structured mentorship to take back to um, their own farm or to their to their opportunity that they're really working towards that speaks volumes if you can actually advertise that
1: well. We've always known agriculture is about production, but we now also know that it's importantly about people. And um, that was a line I took off your website, Mike. By the way, and since 1983, Meridian have been helping businesses working in Australian agriculture to recruit and manage the right people. Um, you've got a good human resources team, and Rose, congratulations and thanks for coming on commodity conversations. I think you've demonstrated that you can help businesses in agriculture and and. I know from experience, people that we've seen coming to agriculture, you'll soon pick up the enthusiasm and passion uh, that'll just drive you on. Thank you very much, Rose. And thank you very much, Dr. Mike, for coming on on Commodity Conversations. We wish you all the best for the future.
3: Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob.